Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Show and welcome to our first time listeners. Um, just quickly, just to cover off on on what we do here, we cover uh, several sports for you guys. Uh, look out for our NRL show, our NRLW show, where we talk all things women's rugby league, and we also have our NFL show. Uh, for all of our American football tragics out there. And we also have our one-on-one series where we sit down and we interview some of your favorite sports personalities. So be on the lookout for those in your podcast feed. Uh, But for more information on exactly what we do in terms of our shows, uh, please have a look for our show trailers. Uh, Again, we've put them in your podcast feeds and we are available on all of your platforms. Now that the T's and C's are out of the way, I want to welcome in our panel, uh, Pierre, Stacey, and Alex, um, again, we'll, we'll be doing some uh, brief introductions tonight, but if you want to know more about your panel members of the So You Thinking of Ball podcast, we highly recommend um, jumping in and having looking having a look at our one-on-one series. Um, our first guests for that show were each of your individual panel members, so if you want to know more information about us, please jump in, download, and have a bit of a listen. All right, so let's introduce Pierre now. Um, Pierre, I guess it's a bit of a theme with the Olympics going at the moment. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your favourite Olympic sport. Thanks, Dan. Um, At the moment, I'm actually really enjoying watching the swimming. Uh, It's been really good. And also been watching the canoe slalom. Yeah, good choices. So they've been my top two to watch. And my favourite events or sport to actually watch would be athletics and rugby. So when that starts up... um, very keen to watch that. Yeah, no, the, the excitement's going to be going through the roof as um, as we support our fellow Aussies um, over there in Tokyo. Uh, Alex, uh, talk to us a little bit about your favourite uh, Olympic event. Uh, Got to say I love watching the gymnastics. There's just something about all the, you know, tricks and stuff that they can do. It's quite phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, gymnastics is definitely my favourite. Stacey, I, I know um, we've been fo- we follow each other quite closely on social media. Um, you've been obviously following the, the Olympics quite closely. Talk to us a little bit about your Olympics experience so far and your favourite sport to watch. Oh, gosh. It's just been, you know, we're in lockdown right now. So uh, the Olympics hasn't left the TV since it started. So that's been really fun. Um, I've been keeping a close eye on, on the softball, loving the basketball, watching the Matildas at the moment. Um, but, you know, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to the Olympics in 2028 when non-contact American football is entered into the Olympics as a demonstration sport um, and skateboarding this year. Uh, as a uh, as an Olympic sport, so super exciting time for all the sports. Love the Olympics. Let's go! Yeah, absolutely. No, it's exciting times. Look for me, my my favorite Olympic sport. Uh, look, I'm a big NBA uh, fan, so definitely following the basketball. And it would just be, well, it would just it would just be a great story if we could upset the Americans at their own game. I think that would be quite an achievement. So. No, great, great that we're all supporting our Olympics and to all of our athletes over there, wishing you all the very, very best. We are, we are very proud of you and we're supporting you here at the So You Thinking and Ball uh, podcast. All right, now let's move into our first segment. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. We're a different footy team. 
and we've got a point of difference about us. Well, this is the biggest moment in several of these players' football lives. Champion players, champion club. Yeah, welcome to the the huddle. We uh, pick out a team to focus in on uh, each week, but this week we're going to be focusing on one of the the most historic uh, franchises uh, in the NRL, and that is the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Alex, it's been some lean years uh, in recent times for Bulldogs fans and the club itself. Talk to us a little bit about what you've seen um, over the past couple of seasons in this season. Uh, what, what stood out for you uh, in terms of the Canterbury Bulldogs? Uh, I think they've had. I think they've had good moments, um, and I think they've had some not great moments. I think it's been uh, a, a bit of a struggle for the team as a whole of the last couple of years. I think there's been a lot of potential that maybe they haven't lived up to, um, which is which is, is a shame. Um, but I think you know, kind of. What are they bottom of the table this season? The only way is up, really. So you can only really go up from from where they are, um, and hopefully they can get some some interesting signings in the off season. So exactly- maybe they can turn around and build something phenomenal you for know, next year. I uh, I love that positivity. You know, it's uh, exactly right. It can't it can't, certainly can't get any any worse. And I mean, you know, uh, following the the Bulldogs, um, you know, growing up, and we're talking about a team one of the most consistent franchises uh, in rugby league. You know, the, the Bulldogs, it's just they play finals football and they win premierships, um, you know, maybe one or two a decade. We're, we're just so used to that. And, um, you know, to see them sort of struggle in recent times, it's been particularly, particularly challenging. Has there been any players that have stood out for you, despite obviously they, they have struggled with their results um, and, and do appear to be headed towards that wooden spoon? Uh, Alex, is there any sort of players that, that have stood out for you uh, this year? Uh, I think their wingers have, have done well. Um, I think that's kind of why they've been rewarded with a contract extension. Um, but yeah, I think they've, they've done well there. But apart from that, I think they've got a couple areas that they need to improve on. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's, it's, it's very difficult to run your eyes over a team that's struggling and determine, you know, who are players that are playing well, who who are not playing so well. It's very, very difficult to do that uh, when your team is struggling um, on a, on, on a consistent basis. Stacey, what's your thoughts on this? The the Bulldogs, they've been, uh, they've been quite hit and miss. I really think that it comes down to the program itself and the way that uh, things have been structured. I mean, if you look at them, they picked up Carl Flanagan, and he, he had a, a remarkable season at the Roosters and yet failed miserably under the Bulldogs' um, you know, structures. So I think, I think it's an internal battle rather than an external battle on the field. Yeah, look, it's a good call. Um, Alex, the, the Kyle Flanagan situation is a really interesting one. Um, I think for a lot of analysts, you know, we've been following Kyle all through the juniors. Obviously, he's got a pretty... Famous last name, obviously, with his dad in coaching. But but Kyle, you know, he, he came through as a Cronulla junior. Uh, he was snapped up by the Sydney Roosters. And to me, I, I thought he was performing quite well. I was very, you know, obviously having Sam Walker coming through may have pushed him out. But I was quite surprised that the Roosters let him go. And to Stacey's point, what, what's been your thoughts on, on Kyle's um, short career so far at the Bulldogs? Yeah, I think it's, as Stacey said, it's kind of an inter- internal battle. Um, you know, it comes down to that kind of that age old argument where it's, you know, you can have a good coach. Does a good coach make the players or do the players make the coach at the end of the day? So um, I think you kind of look at the the staff that they have on board and internally with the players, you know, like they have, you know, do they have the potential 
there if they change coaching staff, potentially if they, you know, change um, a little bit more in-house. But I guess, you know, time will tell on that one. Yeah, absolutely. And look, it, it is difficult to to pick out, um, you know, some star players in the Bulldogs this this, this year because they have been struggling. Uh, but, you know, for me, looking at a couple of players, I, I think Jeremy Marshall King, um, so obviously relative to the great uh, Benji Marshall, I just wonder... You know, looking at Jeremy's game over the past couple of seasons, I've often wondered if he was in a better system, whether he would have, I, I guess, progressed a little quicker. Um, so for me, I just see I see quite a lot of quality in Jeremy, but you know, clearly his development has been a little bit stunted playing in a team that you know is quite often on the back foot and sort of struggling. So for me, I, I see a little bit of potential in Jeremy. Um, he did recently re-sign. So uh, hopefully, you know, if he continues to work with Trent, we see the best out of him. But for me, um, yeah, keep an eye on Jeremy. Uh, the other player that I've been a little bit interested in is our Pommy import, Luke Thompson for the Bulldogs. Not the biggest player, but has certainly come in and I guess delivered uh, what we all expected. Uh, he appears to be an effort player, playing with a lot of emotion. Um, so good to see Luke come in. But again, uh, it, it's certainly been difficult, Alex, to, to pick out any shining lights in what has been a difficult season. But let's talk about some of the, the signings that, that, that are sort of coming in for the Bulldogs. Um, yeah, any sort of standout for you in terms of what 2022 season will look like for the Bulldogs? I think they got a great one in um, Tavita from the Broncos. You know, they signed him to what it was a three-year contract um you know he's a great ball carrier and he's strong defensively so i think that's going to be a huge lift um to the bulldogs if they can you know get the right kind of structure around him and um the right kind of players to support him there for me i, I will say this there is no reason why tavita uh shouldn't be the game's best forward physically he has all the gifts he has all the talent in the world it's just a matter of consistency. And it wasn't so long ago that, that people were, were saying as much, you know. So for me, uh, he has struggled with consistency and then the wheels have sort of fallen off um, like a lot of players up there in the Brisbane, Brisbane system. But, yeah, uh, I guess, you know, glass half full, if you're looking at the signing of Tavita, if he can get back to where he was, um, you know, I, I, sky's the limit in terms of uh, Tavita's potential. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that pays off for the Bulldogs. For me... I think the key signing for the Canterbury Bulldogs is Gus Gould, uh, who was announced as their head of football um, quite recently. For me, I, th- I think it, it starts at the top. I think if you look at all of the, the key franchises, uh, not just in rugby league but in key sports, you've got to have the, the, the right people in, in the right jobs. And I think for me, Phil, he comes in and hopefully he can just reset this club. Um, you know, Trent... He's already made some waves. Um, he's come in. He, he's clearly trying to work out which players to keep, and I thought he's recruited quite well. Um, we haven't spoken about Matt Burton, who I think is a big key signing uh, for, for this club. But for me, Phil, he's able to come in, take a little bit of pressure off Trent Alex. Um, yeah, what's your thoughts on on, on the signing of uh, Gus Gould? Yeah, I think that'll be a good one to see it kind of done internally and and see the player development under him and uh, what they can accomplish, you know, whether they have to restructure or whether they have to, you know, kind of bring up some younger, younger guns and kind of look, look at that um, and build from there. But I think, you know, he's a, he's a good man to have at the helm. Yeah, absolutely. So Bulldogs fans are hanging there. We, we do see we do see some improvement in the side. Let's quickly go around the grounds now for some predictions for next season, for the 2022 season. 2021 may not be looking so bright for the Bulldogs, but uh, what are we thinking for next year? Uh, let's start with Pierre. 
Yeah, what, what do you think about the Bulldogs uh, next season? Where do you think they'll finish? Well, I think they'll be finishing in the top 10. We feel good at the, at the, at the reign of it. I think um, there are good, some good things coming to the Bulldogs, and I hope to see that transfer onto the field. Yeah, there we go. I think the Bulldogs fans would take that a top 10 finish. Stacey, what, what are your thoughts on the Dogs uh, finish next season? Yeah, look, you know, the, the history of what Gus has been able to do, um, given his involvement with the sport for so long, and exactly like you said, you know, it starts at the top. So, you know, they've got potential, especially, especially with all these new signings. Um, but, you know, I still think maybe not next year, but the year after is when you really start to see the, and reap the rewards of, of a restructure and a, a new leadership style. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think they'll make the finals? Potentially, but I wouldn't bank on it. Alex, What's your thoughts? Can the Bulldogs reach the finals and bounce back that quickly next year? Or do you think it's a longer rebuild for, for the club? Um, I think it might be a, a longer rebuild. I think you kind of let a lot of people down if you kind of give them a little bit of hope to be able to turn around that quickly. Um, I think when you look at sports across the board that have tried to do that and, and turn it around quickly, it, it doesn't always work. You need a year to kind of gel. So I definitely think they could make – you know, maybe break the top 10 next year and definitely try and go for a premiership the year after. Yeah, look, that it's it, that's totally fair. For, for me, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with Kyle Flanagan. There are whispers that he's being shopped around um, and they're sort of, you know, they've got their eyes on Jake Avarillo in the halves next year. For me, I, I think they're another half away. So whether they can either, one, get the best out of Kyle Flanagan over the off-season or, two, go out and recruit another high-profile half, um, I, I think that that's really key. I also thought they were, that they're sort of a little bit light. So, you know... We're sort of seeing quite a number of injuries in the competition this year. If that happened to a couple of the the Dogs' key signings next year, touch wood that doesn't happen. But again, they may struggle for depth. So for me, yep, I see them finishing around about 12th next year. I see a bit of an improvement, but to everyone's points, um, I think they've still got a little bit of work to do. Okay, now let's look forward to our next segment, The Match, where each week we take two players, two teams, we match them up, they go head-to-head. Let's check it out. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, and this week on the match, we throw it out there. Who is the best forward in the NRL? Uh, Pierre and Stacey, you guys are going to be talking to us about your selections here. Pierre, who is your choice? In your opinion, who is the best forward in the game right now? Um, at the, in the game right now, I definitely think that it's Jason Tamalolo. I mean, I'm going to be biased here, but I just think that he's just an amazing player in the middle. Give him space and he'll find the gaps and he'll just hit it hard and go. He's got a left foot um, step and he's got a right foot step. Can't go wrong with that. And then on top of that, you've got size to go with that. So I think he's definitely one of the best forward in the game in the last couple of years. Yeah, so the North Queensland Cowboys $10 million man uh, certainly looks like he was built in a lab, doesn't he? He is physically something different. Um, Stacey, who do you think, uh, in your opinion, is the best forward in the game? Oh, look, I think given given the recent rule changes and the speed of the game and how much it's sped up, the, the next generation of forwards, uh, they're going to be hybrids. You know, they're built different and Payne Haas is built different. He's, he's definitely up there for sure. 
Yeah, it's it's quite interesting. Now, well, two names that we're gonna we're gonna talk through uh, in this segment, the match. So we've got Jason Tamalolo and we got Payne Haas, who is the best uh, forward in the game at the moment. And I guess we've got to have a bit of a think about you know what are we looking for when we say the best forward in the game. So. Pierre, when, when, when you think about, you know, the best of the best, you think about the boys in the middle, what, what are you kind of looking for? What, what's kind of the, the, the key element to their game that you're looking for that, that sort of, I, I guess, you know, is the difference between a good player and a great player? I think in the forwards, to be honest, um, just like analysing the game over the last couple of years, I think I really underestimated the middles and what they actually bring to the game. And with Jason Tamalolo, like he just in, in attack, his tackle breaks are phenomenal. His post-contact meters are phenomenal and his average hit-up. So I think when you put that all into the middle, it just really um, really makes you think twice about what, um, say, someone like Jason Tamalolo, what they actually bring to the game. Because I think playing in the middle, I think a lot of people think it's um, it doesn't add much to the game, but they actually add so much to the game. In support tap, you've got them running support lines. You know they're also passing offloads. Like they do so much in the middle. Yeah, no, he and it, to your point, he he may not get the highlights like the Tommy Travojevic's and some of the outside backs, but he's certainly he's certainly uh, an amazing an amazing player. I, I guess one of the confusing things with Tamalolo this season, and, and there's been a lot of critics in and around this, is just some of his minutes management. So obviously Todd Payton's come in and they've sat down and they've 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 made the call that they don't want him to burn out and play 80 minutes every single week. They're sort of looking at him as a longer-term, you know, prospect uh, for the franchise, which is really, really important. The only problem, Pierre, is that the Cowboys fans are saying, look, we, you know, it appears that as soon as Tamalolo comes off, you can see a bit of a dip in the team. So what's your thoughts on Tamalolo's minutes? Would you, you know, if you were the coach, would you be restricting him to 58, 60 minutes like he is at the moment, or would you like to see him playing four minutes? Having four minutes is obviously what every player wants. But in terms of longevity, I actually do really believe this. Um, I, I'm aligned with what the club's doing. He's more of an impact player. He's coming off the bench. When he does come off the bench, he really does make that impact play. And I think when you have someone of that stamina and is such a face of the Cowboys, you want to be able to sustain that for as long as you can. I mean, they've got him signed for the next 10 years on a multi-million dollar deal. So you want to be able to make sure that he is able to be able to play over that time as well. So I think that, I think they're trying to look at it from the perspective of, um, you know, making, making sure that he doesn't get injured as well. Because once he's injured, you know, that also takes away from his game. Yeah, but I, th- I think the uh, the general manager of the Cowboys will probably agree with you there in terms of, you know, just trying to protect him a little bit. But, yeah, it must be frustrating for the Cowboys fans as they sort of get into a, you know, get into a tight arm wrestle. They might be down by a couple of points or ahead by a couple of points. And then, uh, and then yeah, Tamalolo comes off and, and, and sort of, yeah, the game seems to, seems to be getting away from them a little bit. But, yeah, definitely take your point. Um, he's certainly in that second spell coming off the bench, having Jason Tamalolo come off your bench for a second spell. That is a luxury uh, that any team I'm sure would love to have. Stacey, talk to us about uh, the competitor here in, in our in our segment here, the match. Tamalolo versus Payne has, I guess Payne, you know, for those that sort of weren't following too closely at the Broncos because they have sort of been struggling, I guess he's really sort of shown on the national stage in State of Origin this year. Um, yeah, look, you know, Payne Haas, he's, he's so young, you know, and he's just been signed, like Tal Malolo, um, to that 10-year 
$10 million contract with the Broncos. You know, he stepped up on, uh, on the national stage in State of Origin. And, and, you know, that photo that, you know, he's there standing there and he's got the, the jersey half ripped, you know, it just shows the future of the game. So I think, you know, it's new school versus old school um, when it comes to the matchup between these two, which I really enjoy because the game is evolving. Um, you know, all the new rule changes, um, the speed of the game, the tactics that get used, the, you know, the strategy a little bit behind it is evolving and so too are the players. And Payne Haas is, is the next gen, you know, and he's worth that $10 million for the Broncos for sure. Yeah, look, look I think, um, you know, if you look at a guy like Payne Haas, you know, t- to your point, um, I think a lot gets spoken about, you know, what would some of these modern athletes look like if they played in in previous decades, you know, and, and I just wonder, Stacey, if you pick up Payne Haas and you put him into a side in the in the seventies, in the eighties, in the nineties, I mean, he is just he's just a different athlete. I mean, you're seeing speed, athleticism of an outside back, yet the guy is is an absolute monster and and unit. And I guess we 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 sometimes forget how young he is as well. So um, no, he he definitely he's definitely had a remarkable origin campaign. He's clearly the Broncos uh, best player. And then to your point, yeah, if they can just get him to sign that that deal, which should be going through um, 10 years, uh, $10 million. I actually think there's a little bit of value in that uh, for the club. All right, guys. So now's the, now's the time to choose. So Alex, you've got to, you've got to jump in and help me with this. We've had, we've heard the two sides. We've had the, we've had Jason Tamalolo. uh, We've had Payne Haas. Who do you think is the best forward in the game? I think I got to go with uh, Jason Tamalolo. I just think he's more consistent and, and as Pierre said, you know, he's a, he's a threat when he starts and he's a threat off the bench as well. So to have that kind of in your favor, um, I think ends up, you know, edging him out as being the best. Yeah, Pierre, I, I think you sold sold it to me as, as well, um, although Payne is, is very, very close behind. I, I think, you know, Jason, uh, you know, he, he, he this minutes thing, it certainly concerns me. I, I think we need to, I think we need to see, you know, a little bit more out of him. And the other thing that's going to, to impact um, Tamalolo is, you know, the, the struggles of the Cowboys. You know, the reality is if you're not on the, on the biggest stage, if you're not playing in the big semifinals, grand finals, you know, it, it's very difficult to sort of display yourself as the very best in the game. Payne has, has the same issues in Brisbane, but he, he is able to sort of perform, uh, you know, in, in origin. So, look, for me, Pierre, you, you know, I, I've got to agree. I've got to say Jason Tamalolo at the moment, but Payne, Stacey, is a, uh, yeah, He's a he's a very very close second. Listeners, we want to hear your your opinion on that. Um, who is the best forward in the game? First of all, who would you have chosen out of Jason Tamalolo and Payne Haas? Please, um, we're available on all the socials. Uh, jo- join in on, on the debate. Let us know who your thoughts are. And if we've forgotten someone, if you think there's a third contender for that position, um, certainly certainly let us know. All right, guys, let's move forward now to our last segment of the night: uh, rapid fire. With the game of football spreading out and becoming more about getting athletes into open space, one universal truth is more evident than ever. Speed kills. Yeah, nothing but speed in our last segment, our rapid fire, as we uh, finish off our show. So in this one here, and today we're going to be talking about our favorite team. So we're going to give everyone the mic, just an opportunity to talk about their favorite teams. Uh, we're going to start with Pierre um, would you like to tell the listeners uh, who is your favourite team in the NRL and tell us a little bit about their season so far? Manly Seagulls. Um, if you know me, I'm Northern Beaches girl, so 
that uh, Manly Eagles were always was always going to be my number one team. Um, I think this year and a bit of last year, it's been really good to have Des Hasler back on. I mean, uh, it's not that hard to see that when Des was when um, Hasler was gone, the Seagulls went down a little bit. But now that they're back on track, it's good to see, and they've been having some really good ga- some really great games over the last few weeks. Um, some top highlights for me would be seeing that young winger Jason Saab coming on. He's been absolutely phenomenal on the wing there, and of course the Trebojevic brothers can't do any wrong through the middle and also on the edges. And Daly Cherry Evans, by far one of our one of my favourites um, halfbacks, and it's good to see him take the rein again at the Seagulls. Yeah, it, it's been a remarkable turnaround at the club. You know, I, I feel like only a few years ago we had, you know, plenty of publicity in the paper about the team struggling and working out of demountables and the lack of facilities and I guess the lack of players. And then, yeah, you've rattled off um, some serious names there, Pierre. Uh, Jason mm-hmm. Saab on the wing. Again, we talk about uh, remarkable athletes in, in, in the competition. He, he seems to be something special. Uh, and Tom Travojevic, I, I think this season – Depending on how it finishes, uh, it could go down in history as, as one of the very best. So, uh, yeah, not not a bad team to be following uh, at the moment. Stacey, tell us, uh, share with the listeners uh, who your favourite team is, and again, tell us a little bit about their twenty twenty one campaign. Uh yes, the Red V. Uh, you know, look, we're we're struggling right now. It's it's not a fun time. Um, you know, we're still getting over, you know, the house party incident. We're rotating players from suspensions week on week. We're losing Dufty. We're losing Norman. But, you know, the new recruits that we've had with the, the twin, the twins coming on, uh, Matt and Max, um, you know, they're looking, they're looking solid. They were looking solid until they got injured. I think next year is going to be a much better year. Um, and Ben Hunt, he's just been a true leader for us this year. Um, and he's just had an incredible season, even with his origin appearances as well. He's, he's one of my favorite players. Um, but aside from that, you know, we'll just, you know, scrap this down and uh, try again. I think there's nothing else you can do really. Yeah, and to your point, I think there's still a little bit of optimism around the club just because of some of their boom juniors that are coming through. So yeah, you know, for sure. You, 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 you know, you, you hate losing, and I'm sure all the fans out there want want to see the Dragons win week in, week out. But if you can see some juniors coming through, and, and that's what we can see, that there is some remarkable talent coming through to the club. And um, yeah, from all reports, I, th- I think Anthony Griffin's the man to kind of make this all work, and I, I guess build a Build a, build a 17 that over the next few years can, can do some serious damage. So, yeah, no, plenty, plenty of players to keep an eye on there. And, um, yeah, uh, some recent results haven't gone their way, but the future looks bright for St. George Illawarra. Um, Alex, uh, let's, let's turn it over to you now. Um, tell us about your, your team that you follow. Uh, big Roosters fan. Um, I think we've had an interesting season. Um, I don't think it was quite the season that – the fans are anticipating um, I think with a couple early players out retiring um, that we weren't expecting to kind of go out so early um, plagued with injuries with three players not coming back to 2022 um, so I think it's it's great to be in you know top five for sure but I think we should really try and look to, to next year um, you know I wasn't happy with the Melbourne Storm thrashing of 46 nothing you know I think that kind of really kind of showed <laughs> where the Roosters may be falling short a little bit this season and where they've struggled um, but Tedesco has been I think phenomenal for them 
um, and just a you know key leader um, and a key player and, and a consi- consistent player at that. Um, but I think next, we look forward to next year. We're kind of we might be a little bit more full strength. Yeah, I think it's an absolute credit to that club in terms of the resilience of their team. Uh, you know, the, the amount of injuries and, and that um, and adversity that, that that club has gone through this year to be where they are on the table, it, it's 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 incredible, and it puts them in a great position moving forward. Because whilst you know you don't you don't love bringing in these rookies and blooding them too early, it's probably going to to benefit for them because you know next year to your point and the year after they're probably going to start hitting their straps, which is you know a pretty pretty scary to think about for the rest of the competition. And I would say, Alex, that if any other club had those injuries, I mean, you're talking about a wooden spoon. You know what I mean? Like the, the Roosters, they, they they lose all these players and they move from being sort of a top three side to sort of fifth, sixth. Um, that happens to any other club. They're, they're battling it out for the wooden spoon. So, yeah, uh, incredible football team. You've picked a good one there. Uh, move over to me now. And, and uh, I, I'm uh, yeah from Newcastle in the Hunter. So my team is the Newcastle Knights. Uh, it's been 20 long years uh, since we have uh, won the premiership and we've certainly had our struggles. Um, how I would sum up the season is just the inability to put a, uh, a consistent spine together since we've we've had our new coach, Adam O'Brien. I hate to use excuses, uh, certainly after watching the Sydney Roosters uh, just down the road who are able to sort of plug in and play and keep keep at a, at a high level. But for Newcastle, um, they've just really, really struggled to, to put a consistent spine together and that, that's made things very, very difficult. I think for Adam moving forward, he, he's in a difficult situation now where I feel like he's been able to recruit really, really well. He's got some really, really good players on the roster. But Alex, now's the test. You know, when you when you come to these clubs, it's about who you keep sometimes and who you let go. And um, yeah, hopefully there's still a few recruits that we can bring in um, just to give us that additional punch. But yeah, we all have our faith in Kalen Ponga. Uh, he is definitely our future, so hopefully he can lead us to uh, to a bigger and better season uh, next year. And uh, fingers crossed we can sneak into the finals in 2021. All right, guys, time flies when you're having fun. That's the end of our, of our second episode. That's all we have time for. Uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, the show, and if you did, there's plenty more to come. And remember to tell a friend to tell a friend about hopefully your new favorite podcast. We'll see you next episode. To break down a garden gate There's not much time left today You have been listening to Mojo Sports Thank you for your support It is very much appreciated The team and I are trying to build something a little different here So everyone's support is very much appreciated Continue to support the podcast Download, subscribe Check out our social media channels Give us a follow And be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.